Hello and a welcome to the Get Empowered Podcast. Your host, Erica Vishkalis here. I'm so excited for this week's episode. So we are going to talk about something that I have been working on in therapy for a long time and in ACOA, and that is all about reparenting yourself. So I'm going to talk about what is reparenting, what the fuck does that even mean, and we're going to dive into the absolute basics of it and kind of break down the different parts of reparenting. It's something that has been incredibly healing for me on my journey with healing childhood trauma and kind of working through all these things that I've been working through for the past couple of years. But I just started a couple months ago really diving deep into this concept of reparenting. And it has been a game changer. I know I say that a lot, but truly this has changed my life. I'm so grateful for it. So I thought, why not bring it to the podcast and kind of take you on this journey with me? So we're going to dive into that today and I cannot wait. So let's get started. Welcome to the Get Empowered Podcast. My name is Erica Vishkalis, and I am a mindset mentor, personal development junkie, holistic health advocate, and lover of all things spiritual. At the Get Empowered Podcast, I'm here to help you overcome limitations, step into your power, and create your dream life. I've spent the last several years healing my mind, body, and soul, and have learned so much along the way. From healing trauma to navigating a sober lifestyle and learning how to step into my personal power, it has been transformational. If you're looking to heal, to be inspired, to uplevel your life, and to become the most empowered version of yourself, you've come to the right place. I created this podcast to help you know you are worthy of rewriting your story to help you navigate your own empowerment journey. You are worthy of living your most authentic, aligned, and inspired life, and I can help you get there. Whether you are diving deep into personal development or just need a weekly pick-me-up, I've got you covered. Thank you so much for pressing play today. I cannot wait to transform together. Let's get empowered. Welcome to the Get Empowered Podcast. Your host, Erica, here, and I am so excited for this week's episode. Happy Thursday. If you're listening to it, day of release, thank you guys so much for your continued support. I do want to let you know to check out the YouTube if you have not checked it out yet. I am so dang close to be completely up to date with it, which means we are going to start having all these videos on YouTube. As you guys know, as I've shared in the past, I had to get a new computer and that has been making this work get done so much quicker and so much faster. I was kind of playing catch up because I had some technical difficulties a few episodes, which really put me behind. And then I got even further behind and I don't know about you, but I'm a bit of a procrastinator sometimes. So the goal is within a week or two to be completely caught up. And I know that I can actually do that now that I have the technology that supports it. So check out the YouTube, the Get Empowered podcast, and I'm going to start sharing more YouTube content on there, shorter things, shorter videos. I know not everyone wants to listen to a whole podcast on YouTube, but I know a lot of people like watching, and I do have this video recorded. If you don't know, I do have a video version of the podcast that I share, and so that's where it's going. It's going on YouTube. Everything except for the first, like, I'd say 15 or so episodes have the video. So I just didn't have the technology in the beginning. I didn't really know what I was doing. I really jumped in feet first without knowing all the answers to everything. But then someone had shared with me how many people honestly love getting podcasts on YouTube and like seeing it. So if you want to watch, feel free to log on and share it with your friends. You know, honestly, please share it, like spread the message. That's how we grow. It's how we can impact more people. So yeah. And what am I grateful for today? Oh gosh grateful for so many things. But right now, I'm going to say I am so grateful for my ACOA community for especially I have a group that meets on Sundays and we actually met a day early this week. But I'm so grateful for them because one, I love the group so much because I feel like they understand me, even though we all have different journeys and different experiences being an adult child of an alcoholic or dysfunction, it really is an experience that bonds a group. And what I love about it is that group is one of the first times I felt not alone and I felt heard and seen and like I wasn't fucking psycho. Okay. So I've shared about this group in the past, um, but I'm just really thankful. I've had some stuff happen recently, some stuff come up that's really hurtful, really frustrating. We're going to talk about it a little bit, a little bit little little microdose of talking about it this week. Um, but I'm so grateful for them because I know that healing 
can be an individual job, but I think having a supportive community around you is incredibly important. And you can't always put that on your partner, can't always put that on your friends. And not that you can necessarily put it on anyone either, like in these groups, since they know more about the program and kind of like what you've been through and what that looks like, I think it's really, really great to have that type of support. So that's what I'm grateful for my ACOA group, but especially my group that does this uh, reparenting workbook that actually I'm going to talk about a little bit today. We do this workbook together. It's really, it's really powerful. It's really incredible. And I want to share this concept of reparenting and I'm just going to introduce you to this concept of the inner family. So that's what we're talking about today. But first, let me share something I'm currently loving. And this is a hot take, a moment that literally happened today, today. So as you guys know, I've been on a nail journey. This is not a serious thing, y'all. I've been on a nail journey you know, forever ago, I used to do my own nails, like just with basic nail polish. And then my friend, like, gosh, probably two years ago now, uh, more like a year and a half ish ago, year and a half to two years ago, I knew that she was going to be getting engaged. And so my friend and I took her to get her nails done. Like the three of us went to get her nails done because we knew she was getting engaged. And since that moment, I was like, you know what? I'm a fucking adult. Why do I not get my nails done? I enjoy having my nails done. It makes me feel like a fucking put together human. I enjoy it. Why don't I treat myself like I can put it in my budget? It's not a huge expense. You know, some girls go tanning or get self tans or do this or do that or do this or do that. Like this is something I do. I enjoy. I like like fucking treat yourself, you know? And so I started getting my nails done like a couple times a month which I really liked, but then I was struggling to find a place. And if you're someone that gets your nails done, you know that having a nail person, it's an art. I found a place that I had liked on my way home from work when I was working at ASU. And honestly, I liked it for a while, but I stopped liking it because there was a couple times where there was like very obvious mess ups of my nails and they wouldn't like fix it without charging me. And I was like, I just paid like 60 bucks and it got ruined within a day or I left and I didn't realize there was a mistake. Like, what the fuck, you know? And so I was like, okay, not going there anymore. And then I found a place by my house that was so convenient. Like when I say it was by my house, I mean, literally just an easy drive up the street. And I really liked that. But again, like they just, there was too many times where I was like, yo, you fucked this up. Like, why am I paying you money? You know? And so then I started going to the person at the spa when I started working at the spa and she's amazing, but then she left the spa and I probably could go see her in her house. I'm just a little lazy and I haven't reached out and tried to do that. I really liked going like after the gym or after my shift or before my shift or something. So when she left and we haven't found anyone to replace her at this point, I was like, you know what? My friend gifted me this gel nail light. So I'm going to learn how to do my own nails. And I really have enjoyed it. Um, my last time I did it, I did like a red color and it was beautiful. And I think I actually did a really good job. It was like the first time I was like, oh fuck, I did a pretty good job. And then of course I bought builder gel, which is like this sturdier gel that's supposed to help it last longer and make, and make your nails stronger because I like natural nails. I don't really like acrylics. That's not my thing, but I chipped two fucking nails in the past like three days and I was pissed because I like them not super long. Like what people think of as long nails nowadays, I'm like, how do you even function? I don't know. But longer for me, you know, I like them slightly longer and they just kept chipping and I was like, fuck this. And I didn't want to have like two nails be baby nails and then the rest be longer. And I didn't want to cut them all super short to match. So I was like, okay, I have two options. I could go get acrylic so they all match, or I could try press-ons, which are basically like in-home little manicures that you just glue to your nail, like have nail glue. I've never done them before. I've heard really good things. I know a lot of people love them. And so Kyle and I went to brunch this morning and it was so fun. We went to where um, we went on our first date and our anniversary is coming up. So I was like, can we please go? I'm trying to make it, tra make it a tradition. It's only the second year we've done it. Um, I enjoyed it a lot. He was a little bit grudging, but he enjoyed the food. He, he had a good time, but he woke up a little grumpy that morning. I'm not going to lie to you. So 
Anywho. And I was like, you know what? Fuck it. We're out. We were running errands together, which was so nice. So fun. We love a good coffee and goodwill date. So we got coffee after because we're like, we want our Dunkin'. We don't want to pay like $7 for like a 12 ounce latte. We want our big things of iced coffee from Dunkin'. So we got brunch, got coffee, went to Goodwill. And I was like, can we please go to Ulta? Maybe they'll have press on nails. And so we did. And he's so funny. He is a man that actually gives a fuck about what my nails look like. He really does. He has input. He has certain colors he likes. And sometimes I'll do a color he likes, but sometimes I'm like, no, that's not what I want. So I'm not going to do it. Um, I'm a, I'm a person that I like to go with the seasons. So I'll do darker colors like in the winter and in the fall and spring and summer, in my opinion, are for fun, bright colors. And he likes bright colors and he likes dark colors. He doesn't like lighter colors. It's very funny, but I was like, fuck it. No, these are the ones I like. And I got some really cool ones for 4th of July. So this is what I'm currently loving. Long story to get to I'm loving press-ons. If you're on the YouTube, look at what I did today. These claws are awesome. They're like this, I'm calling it like a Cinderella blue. Like it's a really pretty, see, a pretty light blue. And I don't really think you would know they were press-ons unless I like told you. And okay, so let me for reference in the camera, I think they're kind of long. Like this for me is long nails. And I know for some people that's not long nails. Guys, I bought them long so I could shape them. And so I had to file them all down and shape them. But I filed them down so fucking much. And I was like, there's people who walk around with nails even longer than what I have on right now. And I don't know how y'all function. And I don't mean this in a judgmental way. Honestly, I'm impressed. I'm like, how do you do basic things? Like I'm struggling to like type out on my phone or put on my necklace. Like, how do you do it? I need to know your ways. So I really like them. They're beautiful. I got the OPI ones. The lady at the store said that they're the better ones and they were so easy to do. Like, and it would have been even faster if I didn't have to take off my old gel. So if you're a girly that feels better when you have your nails done and you don't have a lot of time and you want it to be easy, I recommend press-ons. And like I said, I got the OPI ones. I got them from Ulta. If you don't live near an Ulta, I know they do ship to you, but I know they're in tons of different stores. I know they had like Glamnetic there. They had Impression there. They had a ton of different ones, but I love OPI normal nail polish. So when the sales lady was like, the OPI ones stayed the longest, like that's what I would do. I was like, all right, sold. You don't have to tell me twice. So honestly, I got three different pairs because my nails were really short and I was like, oh, this will be nice to allow my nails to grow. Right. So that's something I'm loving. I'm loving my nails. I feel like put together when I do my nails and I just am really grateful because it makes me feel pretty. It makes me feel like even if I'm wearing a casual outfit, like if I have a little bit of makeup on, if I, my hair doesn't look like super greasy, even if it's up, if it just looks like nice, I like it. And I have to say, like, not to be conceited. Whoop, I bonked the microphone. Not to be conceited, but I'm like looking at myself in the recording. I'm like, damn, girl, your hair looks good. So this is like a little PSA. If you don't do hair oil treatments, I recommend it. Even if you have oily hair, okay, do scalp oil treatments. It helps to balance the pH of your scalp and it can help heal your hair. Like my hair. I have been using Monate specifically. I know a ton of people don't like them, but like I love them and my hair has never looked this good. So little PSA, if you're on the YouTube, you can see it. But when you just like have a couple little things to make yourself feel put together, it's powerful. And it, it really, I think, affects the mood, affects the attitude. It's like self-care, self-love and your girl needed some TLC today. I've been a bit of emotional roller coaster. We'll dive into that. It's been really frustrating, but it is what it is. You know, life happens. And so for me, I do a couple things that some people may consider, quote, high maintenance to be low maintenance and to make myself feel better. So I like, you know, like today I got dressed up for brunch, so I'm just wearing what I was still wearing then, but it, I feel good. Like I like wearing this dress and yeah, we went to brunch, we ran errands and now I've just been at my house the last couple hours, but I'm like, if I feel good wearing the dress, I'm going to wear the dress. Now, if I feel good in the Walmart shorts that I just bought today, because it's getting hot as fuck in Arizona 
and I needed new like athletic shorts for walking the dogs and honestly working in my office because my office is upstairs, heat rises, even with the AC on, it's getting a little toasty. So I wanted to get these Walmart shorts because I'd heard good things and they're like $8. So why the fuck not, you know? And I love them. The colors are really pretty so far. I'm very happy with the purchase. So stay tuned. It may be on the things I'm loving, but anywho, look good, feel good, do good. So this is just my reminder to you to whatever the little thing is that you enjoy, whether it's taking care of your hair or doing a facial, like a mask or doing your nails, whatever the case may be, take some time for you. I'm really hoping to go paddle boarding tomorrow or on the lake because I have the day off and I don't always have the day off. And I just want to soak it in, like soak in that time. And even I was thinking about trying to like meet up with people to go on the river. But honestly, like I said, I've been in my fields and I am someone that like needs alone time to recharge. So we might have a friend from out of town coming in to hang out with Kyle. So if he doesn't come in, Kyle might go with me to the lake and like go in our boat. Like he has like a little fishing boat, go in the fishing boat and I might paddle around on the paddleboard. I don't know yet, but this is just your reminder to do things for you that make you feel good. Sorry for the ramble. I realize this is a hell of a long intro, so my fucking bad, but let's dive into today's topic. This is your reminder to take a drink of water. So let's all take a drink of water, shall we? Okay. We had our little water break. Now, let me show you the book. For those of you who are on the YouTube and can see, let me show you the book. So I am doing the Loving Parent Guidebook. You see? Perfect. I'm doing the Loving Parent Guidebook with my ACOA group. And it is the solution is to become your own loving parent. So what does that mean? So I want to talk about a few different things and how this can be such a powerful of such a powerful healing modality but first i want to share something so i'm not sure details and i probably at this point still will not share details but i've hinted at it a fucking lot so like read between the lines y'all as you guys know last february i had this big thing happen with some family members and it was a real punch to the gut. Okay. It was heartbreaking. If I'm being honest, it made me realize that I was in some codependent, unhealthy relationships with family members. It made me realize um, how emotionally manipulated I had been for years by certain family members. And honestly, I was at the point where I was reevaluating what I wanted the relationship to be with those family members and around Christmas time, I was like, you know what? I have not had the conversations with said individuals that I would really like to, mostly because they fucking refuse. And that is upsetting to me. But I'm going to just put up a bit of a wall and still let them into my life in a bit more of a superficial way. You know, have a relationship with them, but maybe not get super deep. Just talk about like lighter, fun topics, you know? And then <laughs> I realized, and part of that was because I'd seen them taking action to make changes that were very important to me. Because I'm like, you don't just get to fuck people over and no one holds you accountable. And to be quite honest, I was like the only person really holding this individual accountable. I was like, no, 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 no. I'm not playing this fucking game with you. Welcome to being the uh, oldest daughter. <laughs> I was like, I'm not playing this fucking game. Okay. You were in the wrong. And I'm not saying that you need to shame someone for their biggest mistakes. I do not believe that. I have made a lot of mistakes on my own and I'm grateful for the grace I was shown. Also, um, this individual did actually not show me much grace when I was going through some stuff back in the day, but that's besides the point. I'm a big believer in show people grace, give people a second chance, know that what people do in their lowest moment does not define them. But this is what I'm going to fucking say. What you do in your lowest moment doesn't define you, but if you keep fucking repeating the bullshit, yeah, that's more of a character situation. That is a values situation, a value difference, a character. I don't want to say a flaw, but a character difference that we have that I'm like, oh, that's a fuck no for me. And so recently I was made aware of something that showed me that this person 
has continued to lie, has continued to hide stuff, and has continued to hurt people. And I'm just like not gonna, not gonna do that, not gonna play that game. So when it's a character flaw, when it's a situation like, you know what, fool me once, shame on you, fool me twice, shame on me, okay? Or fool me once, shame on you, fool me twice, shame on you, fool me three times, shame on me. I don't know if that, whatever the phrase is, but I was like, okay. I gave you a second chance. I opened my heart back up to you. I was letting you back in my life. And though this situation didn't necessarily have to do with me 100%, it still affected me. And even though it wasn't directly at me, it showed me that this person has not worked through things that really are important. And I was like, you know what? I still love you. But right now, yeah, I'm going to need to take that step back again. And if I'm being really fucking honest with you guys, that breaks my heart. I have already like, I've cried over this. I am very sad. I'm very fucking sad about this because you know what? It sucks when shit happens with family. You know, you think your family's not going to hurt you. You think your family is supposed to be people that are there for you. And as I've shared extensively on the podcast, like, I have a lot of childhood trauma. I have a lot of family dysfunction. That's why I'm in ACA, ACOA, whatever you want to call it. And one of the things that really made last year's situation harder was right before it all like hit the fan, I had been uncovering in my program, you know, how many, how dysfunctional it truly was. Okay. I didn't quite see it until I was like, oh, that's fucked up. That's fucked up. That's fucked up. Yeah. This was told to me my whole life. Yeah. That was too. And that's actually not at all. Okay. And my feelings do matter and no, I'm not too much and no, I'm not to this or to that. And no, it's not okay to have your loved one speak to you that way or fucking like verbally abuse you or manipulate you like that is not okay. And so honestly, this book, this reparenting book, I am still very much in the early stages, very, very much. But I want to take you on the journey with me because especially after this certain situation happened again, and well, this situation didn't happen again, but having another situation that expanded uh, the issue that was brought forth last year with this individual, I was like, okay, all right, I need to dive into this reparenting work. Okay. So we are learning to reparent ourselves as our own loving parent. And I'm going to talk about the different roles, but I love this quote so much. And the first thing it said is, our parents' inability to love us consistently was never about us, but rather about their dysfunction and what they didn't get in childhood. Okay, so when all this stuff happened, I realized that I really need to focus on reparenting. And that is not an easy thing. And what is reparenting? Reparenting is looking within and giving ourselves what we needed to receive as children. And I absolutely love this quote from my reparenting guidebook. And it says, our parents' inability to love us consistently was never about us, but rather about their dysfunction and what they did not get in childhood. So let that sink in. Reparenting is not saying that your parents are terrible people, that they fucked up, that all these negative things. That's not saying that. And you know what? It's sometimes hard to not have like a negative view. And sometimes it can be really hard to remember that they are just humans too. And they probably were doing the best they could. But just because someone was doing the best they could doesn't mean that their actions were not hurtful or that their actions did not affect you. Okay, so again, our parents' inability to love us consistently was never about us, but rather about their dysfunction and what they did not get in childhood. So this is where we basically become our own loving parents, okay? And that is really, really important to do. I just want to make sure I'm getting everything. So we have this inner family. And it's really important to get to know the inner family because that's once you get to know the inner family, you are able to learn how to, what's the word? You learn, as you get to know the inner family, you get to understand 
like your full experiences in life and you realize that you need to reparent these different parts of yourself. And I have done similar work in my therapy to this. It's called um, internal family systems, I believe. And it's very similar, very, very similar. He would say that this is the same shit. And basically you have to identify these different parts of you, such as the inner critical parent. So like I said, we're becoming our own loving parent, but guess what? Most of us have an inner critical parent in our life, in our head. Okay. Because often, especially when you have childhood trauma or you grow up in dysfunction, you develop this voice that becomes the inner critical parent. We also have the inner child and the inner teenager. So the inner critical parent is a part of us that tries to control our behavior and our life, where the inner child is the young, vulnerable, vulnerable part of us on an age spectrum from infant to preteen. Okay, so inner child, young, vulnerable part of us from infant to preteen. And then an inner teenager is the teenaged inner child. Okay, so we have these different parts of us and they can come out in different ways. And it's good to know the inner children versus the inner teenager and the inner critical parent. And when you're able to identify these things, it really can help with this process of reparenting. You know, they say all the time that, you know, for example, like when you're an alcoholic, the first step is admitting that you're an alcoholic, right? That is the first step. So meeting your inner family when you're reparenting is the first step step. Okay. So we wonder why the program encourages, encourages us to work with our inner children and rather than just connect with our emotions, right? But at the moment of the wounding, parts of us froze and it became trapped in the past with a fixed set of beliefs, emotions, unmet needs, childhood reactions, and memories. So remember, at the moment that the trauma happened, the wounding happened, the dysfunction happened, basically these parts of us froze in our body. And if you do not do the work to heal and to release and to work through it, it's going to get trapped in your body. And I haven't read the full book because honestly, when I tried reading it years ago, it was incredibly triggering. But I can imagine that this is what the Body Keeps the Score book dives into, is the physical feeling in your body of these various different parts of you, okay? So remember, um, we become trapped, like these parts of us become trapped with a fixed set of beliefs, emotions, unmet, ne unmet needs, childhood reactions, and memories, okay? So when we can establish a relationship with the frozen parts of, these, of ourselves um, and we can start to meet the needs, we create the conditions for them to heal. So like I was saying, as we start to recognize these inner parts of ourself, establish a relationship with them, we can create the conditions for them to heal and to release the false beliefs that are internalized in our body, okay? And this allows us to free ourselves from shame and from blame that are carryovers from the past. Two episodes ago, I did a whole episode about daring greatly, right? Two episodes ago, I talked about it. And I talked all about shame and blame, and especially if you are someone that grew up with childhood dysfunction or grew up in a house of dysfunction, so you had dysfunctional childhood, there's a very good chance you carry shame and blame. And that is why I talk about ACOA so much because it has genuinely changed my life, okay? So when we can tap into the loving parent, it is really powerful. Our loving parent's healing frees our inner children and it allows their natural playfulness, joy, and creativity to shine forth. So I've talked about this a lot lately, about how I've been trying to tap into joy, tap into creativity, do little things for myself that I really like. Like, for example, it may sound so silly, but I got dressed up this morning and I had so much fun doing that. I used to love doing my makeup. Like I was obsessed with Devil Wears Prada. I was obsessed with like learning Bobby Brown's makeup techniques until I was kind of made fun of it for one day. And that just like broke my heart and it, uh, it made me start to shut down certain parts of myself. And I know that may sound dramatic, but I'm just being honest. That is what happened, right? So our inner family members, the thing we need to remember guys is these inner family members, the inner child, the inner teenager, the inner critical parent, they helped us to survive our dysfunctional environment. Okay. So we don't hate on them. They are survival mechanisms that we decided to incorporate into our lives, right? So we can thank them 
for helping us survive the trauma, survive the dysfunction, and we can teach them through words and touch and actions that it's okay to let go of these adopted survival mechanisms. Okay, so what we can do in this program is create a safe and loving world for our inner family to coexist in harmony. So I'm not saying that through this program, you're going to get rid of the inner child, the inner teenager, and the inner critical parent. Realistically, you're not going to get rid of them, but you can work through the stuck emotions and you can help to find healthy mechanisms. Does that make sense? I hope this makes sense. This, this book is powerful. I will link it. I think it's powerful to do it with a group. Maybe we should think about doing a group with the pod. That would be honestly really powerful. But even if you want to work through it on your own, you can do that. You can find an ACOA group in your area. I know there are loving parent meetings. I'm sure I could find some information on it and share. Okay. But it's really important to get to know your inner family members, right? So let me just do a very very quick overview of them. Okay, so like I said, we have the loving parent. And the loving parent is the loving and the compassionate, the curious and connected part of ourselves, right? And when they're healthy and in a healed state, they are spacious, they are gentle, they are supportive, and they are calm, okay? Now, let's look at the different parts of the inner family system. And let's look at them when they're in a wounded and reactive state or a dysfunctional state versus a healed and healthy state. So this is what I mean. We're not getting rid of them, but we can help them be in a healed and healthy state. Okay. So first the critical parent, right? That inner voice. So the critical parent, when it's in a wounded and reactive state, obviously it's very critical. It's very controlling. It's very fear-based and shame-based. So like I told you guys, I've shared on the podcast, Many times in my life, I have been shamed and I have been told, like, for example, I'm watching the um, Duggar, the Duggar family documentary with like, it's crazy, like that shit's crazy. But it reminded me, not that it reminded me of my childhood, I did not go through that by any means, but I did grow up Catholic and I saw how I was shamed for things, how I was blamed for things. Now, granted, I have had some really good experiences with the Catholic Church and with priests, but I also have definitely had people within the Catholic Church, usually just other members that shamed and blamed. But I also had, you know, family members who would kind of make me feel guilty if I was not being like a super good, super, tr super strict Catholic. Okay. Fear, shame was very real. And then because of that, I created this inner critical voice in my head, not because of that specific moment, but things like that, reactions like that from family members. It's not a good time. Okay. And having, having parents that are hypercritical, it's difficult and it's not always, you know, but I definitely grew up having to be like the golden child everything had to be perfect. You know, I'm really grateful that I strove for so many things in my life. Like I'm really grateful that I was trying to get into the Naval Academy because it really pushed me to do well academically. It pushed me to do well in clubs and sports and stuff like that. But I also know that internally because of some of my like childhood trauma and family trauma, I was like, okay, if I can be this perfect fucking daughter, if I can be this perfect daughter, then everything's going to be okay. If I can be this perfect daughter, I'm going to be loved and I'll be enough. And maybe then finally, finally XYZ thing. Okay. So my critical parent definitely shows up as fear-based and shame-based when it's in a wounded and dysfunctional state. But in a healthy state, the critical parent is the part who can relax and can actually end up being supportive. Okay, so this can happen. These shifts can happen. Now we have the inner teenager, which I don't know about y'all, but I feel like my inner teenager right now, she sometimes runs wild. She runs wild. So what does a dysfunctional or a wounded, I don't want to say dysfunctional because that can be mean, but just know like the unhealed, the wounded or reactive state of the inner teenager is typically rebellious, impulsive, reactive, inner child defender, 
often resentful, angry, can shut down, and compulsive behaviors and uses of substances. So I think when I was in college specifically, my inner teenager was running fucking wild. Probably partially because I was such a quote good kid as an actual teenager. Like I've told you guys, you know, I was heavy in youth group. I did not drink really. I didn't smoke. Obviously, I wasn't having sex. Like I was a quote good kid. I was getting good grades. I was doing all the things. And I'm not shaming anyone who wasn't doing life the way I was. Okay. But in my brain, I was like this great good kid. And then when I got to college, I fucking rebelled hard. And the inner teenager who was very wounded and very angry came out strong. And it's not like I consciously did this shit. It's not like I consciously was like, oh, my inner teenager is riled the fuck up. No, but looking back, like, yeah, compulsive behaviors, use of substances. I definitely had that problem. Like I told you guys, like I struggled with binge drinking. I did a lot of like risky behaviors. Like I didn't give a fuck. I did not give a fuck about my well-being. Okay. Inner teenager, she was going crazy. But what does a healed or healthy state of the inner teenager look like? Authentic, direct, and brave. How, how beautiful is that? The healed inner teenager is authentic, direct, and brave. And those are amazing qualities. Okay. Now the wounded inner child. Oh, my poor inner child. Like I said, if you listen to my spirituality episode where I talk about my spiritual healing I went on, if you remember from that episode, I talked about how I did the meditation and how my higher self really wanted to address Erica at seven years old. And that's because the inner child wound is very active. Okay. And this can take years. I mean, I have people in the group I work with that have been in ACA for years and years and years and have been doing this work for years and years and years and are obviously way farther along than they would have been, you know, five years ago because they've been in the program so long. But that doesn't mean that sometimes these things don't come up every once in a while. Okay. Even for the person who's been doing the work forever. So I'm not assuming that like my inner child will never get wounded again. Okay. But I've been working through this for a long fucking time. Let me tell you. So what does the wounded or the reactive state or the dysfunctional state of the inner child look like? Isolated, hidden away, guarded, is in pain from trauma, neglect, and abandonment, They are sad, they are scared, they are worried, they are deep in shame, and they have a lot of false beliefs. I'm just going to pause for a minute because that just breaks my heart. It breaks my heart. And I have been that in that heal or in that wounded inner child for years and years and years now. And so it just makes me sad to see it laid out like that. Sorry, I'm getting emotional. But it does. But what does the healed inner child look like? Spontaneous, sensitive, vulnerable, playful, creative, and loving. So let's look at the healthy states again. Let's describe some of the healthy states. I'm just going to group them all into one. The part of you who can relax, is supportive, is authentic, is direct, is brave, is spontaneous, is sensitive, is vulnerable, is playful, is creative, is loving, is gentle and supportive and calm. And guys, this is my reminder to you that no matter what you've been through in your life, no matter what you have been through in your life, if you do the work to heal, if you do the work to work through these different parts of yourself to address your inner family, to really get to know and become your own loving parent, it will change your life. And I say that with full fucking confidence. It will. And I think it's really brave to do that heavy lifting and to do that work because often it is not easy. It's not easy to do the work. And I commend anyone who has the balls to dive in and to allow yourself to feel the things you need to feel in order to heal. So kudos to you if you're on this journey. And if you're scared to start this journey, I understand. Please reach out. Please, please, please reach out because it is worth it. It is worth it. Finding a community, finding a group. I can share some resources with y'all. It changes your life. 
Like it changes your fucking life. And though I've had a lot of hard seasons in the past several years, I know that I've gotten through these hard seasons because I have been doing the work. And for example, this thing that came up like yesterday that just re-triggered all my fucking shit, that re-triggered everything. Honestly, to let you know how triggered I was, I wanted to drink again. That's never a good sign for Erica. If Erica wants to drink, Erica is unwell. Okay. Now I didn't. I did not. I had my little juice plus pudding and uh, that was my quote emotional eating, which was a much healthier option than what I've done in the past. And like I said, I started the Duggar documentary. So we, uh, we allowed ourselves some escape mechanisms in a way, because I do think it's important to let yourself like take a mental break when you're really traumatized and triggered by something. But I think it's also really important to know that feeling your feelings is really important. And like I'd shared what happened with my group this morning and they encouraged me, you know, Erica, you need like your feelings matter. Your feelings are important and you need to just sit with yourself and maybe journal out like, how are you feeling about this situation right now? And that was actually something that was said. And I'm sorry, I'm getting emotional. That was something that was said in my, um, my healing session with the psychic medium, she was like, she had told me, she's like, one, I'm so sorry that no one listened to you growing up. Like when she was doing the, um, we're focusing on you at age seven. She's like, you're so funny. You're so playful. You're so creative or something along those lines. Right. And she's like, I'm sorry. No one heard you or didn't give you the time of day and no one listened to you. And I think that's why it's going to be really important for me working through this new challenge to take the time to allow myself to feel, but to acknowledge my feelings, to allow myself the space and the grace to really be present and to fucking feel. It matters. Your feelings matter. So if you are brand new to this whole world, one, I always I always am going to recommend if you have some family trauma, some family dysfunction, to look up adult children's of alcoholics and dysfunction. And to be honest, they're looking at changing the name because this is so encompassing work. It's not only prevalent to those who may have an addict or an alcoholic as a parent. Okay. I know a lot of people where it's not even their parent, it's their grandparent, but then that caused dysfunction with their parents, which then went down to them and blah, blah, fucking blah, because you do a family tree when you do this work. And let me tell you that family tree, she was a rough one to do. So, and that's why for me, you know, feeling safe with people is so important. And I just have to say this, I'm not shitting on family right now because no one is perfect and you can't choose what you're born into. And I really do think that um, everyone in my life, even those who have hurt me, is doing the best they can with what they have, with the tools they have, with the emotional you know, place they're at. Um, but it's important to put yourself first and to take care of yourself first. And don't, do not allow yourself to get hurt further by putting other people first. You need to make yourself a priority. And if you're not used to doing that, that can be very difficult. And that's why I'm going to keep fucking shouting it from the rooftop. So this is my millionth reminder to make yourself the priority and that you fucking matter. Okay. And I have to tell myself that too, guys. So this is not me just preaching at you. I got to remind myself. All right. Let's dive in and do a chakra card. I'm asking the universe what it is that the collective needs to know today. And we will see what she gives us, what she gives us today. All right, guys, we got the communication card that is connected to your throat chakra. And I always wonder when I pull a card on if it's going to be connected to the topic of the episode. Well, my friends, this one is, <laughs> this one is. So this card is all about, well, first, like I said, throat chakra. So if you are someone in your life whose voice was stifled, whose 
thoughts and opinions and beliefs were not taken seriously, like we talked about in this episode, if maybe you were not seen or heard or, or believed, you may have a block in your throat chakra. So first of all, we need to look at that. If you have like thyroid issues or if you have like communication issues or if you have like pain in your throat, if you get sore throats often, that can all be physical signs of having a blocked throat chakra. So first I got to say that, but this card is all about the importance of healthy and loving communication. Okay. And that cannot, that's not always easy. We all know that is not always an easy thing to do to have that healthy, loving communication. So this is just reminding you the importance of that one. Two, with communication, not only is that allowing, so this is your reminder, you are allowed to let yourself be seen. You are allowed to let yourself be fucking heard. Your voice fucking matters, okay? This communication card your voice matters. So make sure that you are communicating with the people in your life. Okay. This is your reminder. If maybe you are someone that holds back because you have this fear of if I really share my truth, if I share my real feelings, if I tell the person that I love them or that I'm upset with them or that they hurt me, then it's all going to go to shit. If you're one of those people, I know I've been that person many, many a time in my life. This is your reminder that the universe wants you to communicate. It is important to communicate. Communication is key to healthy relationships. Okay. Now, something I will say, it's very important though, to communicate with like love and grace and kindness. And it's really valuable to be mindful about your communication. So this is like encouraging you to communicate with, maybe have that conversation, communicate with those people in your life. Like, are you talking to your boyfriend in a way that is healthy and respectful? Are you talking to your parents in a way that you think your thoughts are actually being communicated properly? Are you fully expressing yourself? Okay. Now, a big part of communication that we need to also think about is listening. So if you're going to communicate with someone, you also need to make sure that you are doing your end of the communication. As you can see on the card, there's two people on this card. There's like a connection on this card. If you're on the YouTube, you can see the connection between two people. So that means you need to, I love like looking at the picture of the card. Okay. So you need to open up your mind, open up your heart to communicate, but you also need to open up your mind to listen what is being said back to you. When you share your truth, your authentic self, like whatever the case may be, if you have that hard conversation or that vulnerable conversation, are you willing to be open to get the fucking feedback? That is just as important as speaking the truth. You need to be able to be open. Now, I will say sometimes if it's an unhealthy situation, that doesn't mean that you need to take abuse right? I'm not saying that. I'm not saying let someone just degrade you or talk down to you, but especially in those like difficult conversation moments where it takes two to fucking tango, it's important to also listen. You know, Kyle and I, we really strive for healthy communication. And a big part of that is because we allow each person to speak and we actually listen to what they're saying. It's very, very important to us to listen to, and that sounds so fucking simple. It's like, well, no shit, Erica. But how many times are you actually actively listening when you're trying to communicate with someone? A lot of times we are not the best listeners. So this is my reminder to you to communicate. Now, this can also be, are you communicating with yourself? Are you being open and honest and genuine with yourself? So maybe this could be, depending on your situation, also a time to just get really honest with yourself. Like we talked about, get honest about your inner family. How are you actually feeling? Like my, uh, my group recommended this morning, Erica, you should really write out how you're actually feeling right now. Communicate with yourself where you're at. Don't just like stuff it all in. Don't just like hide it away. Where are you at? I think it's incredibly important to think about those things. Okay. So this is my reminder that communication is key and it can help restore healthy relationships with others, with yourself and the universe has your back. Okay. 
And I love this card. I love the throat chakra. As you can tell, I talked about it. And like, I've brought up this episode a ton this week, but maybe this is your sign to go fucking listen or watch it if you haven't. But my episode about spirituality, she told me how much I had a a blocked throat chakra and how I literally had a past life attach itself to my throat chakra because in a past life I have been killed for speaking out and speaking my truth. So I really struggle with the throat chakra. So I got a beautiful crystal. I believe it's blue cyanite if I'm remembering correctly. And it's stunning and it is meant to help heal throat chakra. And look at my nails. My nails literally match my crystal today. So I guess I knew that I was supposed to have some throat chakra energy today. But if you want to meditate on the throat chakra, if you want to maybe listen to a frequency that helps the throat chakra, that can be a powerful tool. Journal it out, write it out, even just like singing it out. Like if you are someone that loves to jam in the car to a song, maybe find a song that fits exactly how you're feeling and just fucking belt it out in your car, in your shower, whatever. So guys, thank you so much for tuning into this episode for being on this journey with me. I think it's really important for me to share where I'm at and things I'm working on because again, whoop, sorry. I never ever ever want to come across as I have it all figured out. I'm this perfect fucking angel of a human being. I'm in the trenches with y'all. I am in the fucking trenches with y'all. We are on this healing journey together. So, this loving parent guidebook is what I'm doing. It complements my work in ACA and it has been very helpful for me. I think if you are to do it, I do recommend finding a group to do the work with and they do exist. So I love y'all so much. Thank you so much for your support, for continuing to share. Again, check out the YouTube. If you have not reviewed the podcast, I would so appreciate it. The reviews go a long way on Apple. I know most of our people listen to this on Apple Podcasts. If you have not done a review on Apple Podcasts, please, please do one. If Especially if you listen weekly. Like, let a bitch know how she's doing, you know? Give me some stars. I'm not going to tell you what to rate me, but like, rate it, review, subscribe, share it with your friends. That's how we're going to help. Honestly, that's how we're going to get these healing messages out. That is how the world heals is more and more people sharing energy and messages that are meant to help expand ourselves and heal ourselves. And I really believe that as a collective, as we continue to heal ourselves, we are going to continue to grow and we will raise the vibration of the planet. So Thank you guys so much for doing this work with me. I love you guys so much. I'm so fucking grateful for you. And do not forget to stay empowered. See you next week. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I'm so grateful for each and every one of you for taking the time to be a part of our Get Empowered community. Don't forget to check the show notes for the resources I shared in today's episode. And of course, to connect with me on social. You can find all of our offers and community links at empoweredwitherica.com. I always love hearing from you. So don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe and tag me with your biggest takeaways from today's episode. Let me know what you loved and what you want to hear more about and share it with someone who you think would love it too. I cannot wait to share more with you. I'll see you next week. And don't forget to stay empowered.